cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, it's not, heavy. It's soft on time. It's, it's heavy. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of uk, and joining me to chew the fat this evening is John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot. John, my good friend, uh, how are you after a very, very good tipping day yesterday from yourself? I've had worse days, Lee. Yeah, definitely had worse days. Yeah, I'm mean, I, I so pleased for you know for all the uh, the panel, Mr. Franks coming in for it with weighing in with two, one on the sand pit, his nap, and and uh, Andy with Aldari, and um, I, I managed to squeak one in a, in, the, in the Lincolnshire Gypsy Fair over the jumps. Yes, um, that looked as though it had the magic carrots going again after second <laughs> suicide fractions. Do you know what? I, I was watching that and thinking, yeah, he's gone too fast. I, you cannot not think that. Uh, um, I think gone too quick. I yeah. Say. I was waiting for the you know for the, the England batting lineup against the West Indies three out, you know. Yeah. The, <laughs> the big fall to bits. Um yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, what a cracking day! And we'll, we'll we'll kick off the show quickly then, because obviously we've got a lot to talk about. Today is your show. You've asked a lot of questions, and we will answer them, or we'll endeavour to. But before that, we're going to talk about yesterday's racing, uh, fine days, uh, racing indeed, fine cards. I wouldn't say it was the best I've ever seen. Like some pundits were brandishing around yesterday's the best days racing ever. I'm not quite quite in that camp. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll start off with the QE2, um, which was obviously the focal point for me on the day in terms of which is the which is the sort of champion miler um of the season that that for me that was the the deciding uh factor was it Baid or Palace Pier and Baid John came through with flying colours what did you make of it all yeah I mean I think I think the two really really good milers um I'd hesitate to put any of them up there in the Stratosphere with the likes of El Gran Senor, the Brigadier, Zilzal, whatever, you know. But I think the two are really good mailers, and I think there's a potential for Bade to go on and improve a little bit next year, maybe. Yeah, that's that's a very fair comment. Um, very pleased that Shadwell are keeping Bade in trade. I think that's a treat for everyone, because... In, in an era now where obviously Coolmore will retire things very quickly after the loss of Galileo, um, you can bet bet your bottom dollar even next year if Coolmore have anything special as a three-year-old, it will be straight off to the sheds. Um, it won't be back at four. Um, and, and and it's just nice for race goers because I think that's the one problem with the flat. If I had one criticism of the flat, which we, me and you prefer, it is the fact that we lose our stars very quickly on the flat and it's sometimes very disappointing not to see them go even improve as a four-year-old and go on and do better things. So I think it's very exciting for punters, uh, for Baye John. And what what sort of... I actually agree with the Racing Post ratings, I think, on terms of ratings. Uh, is that how you see it? I think Baye got 127, Palace Pier 126 and... Uh, the brilliant mayor, Lady Bothorp, who retired on that fine effort, hundred and twenty. I think the two I. You think the two I? What would you? What would you be? I think Lady Bothorp pegs it a bit, to be honest. 
Okay, so you, I mean, you t- would you would you put the the filly on around one? Her official marks one seventeen. Yeah, I, I don't I don't even think she's a one seventeen myself. I, I think she's about one fifteen. You could possibly push her up to one seventeen because she was in the absolute maximum effect yesterday with the hold up and picking the dead wood off late. I, I couldn't go any higher than one 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 seven, and I'd be more inclined to go about one one five. Yeah, it's fair. Okay, fair comment. So that would bring Bay down to about 122. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm pro the form, really, because obviously I know Lady Bertha can run these abnormal races. Um, and with the Revenant in fourth, I just I just felt it's the right four. And oh, well, you could you the, could also. Was the Revenant completely wrong, though, didn't they? Chasing that pace, mate. Yeah, I, I do concede. Probably the Revenant. Yeah, that's, that probably picks holes in my ratings because, like you say, has the Revenant run above his mark? You, you'd say no. Um, so absolutely sure what he hasn't. Right. So, well, pro- probably listen to John then over me uh, on that one. Uh, he makes a good point there about the Revenant. What do you think? Um, is Baid going to progress next year? Uh, they're talking about stepping up to a man a quarter later in the season. Mentioned the uh, Jim Crowley mentioned the Eclipse as a possibility. Um, this morning, if connections want to go that way, uh, do you see him staying stay ten, John? No problem. Mm, he'd probably be all right. I, I wouldn't be cast iron on it, but I, I think he'd be all right. The only thing you you and me won't like is the fact you know for a fact if they do go over the ten for the eclipse, you know how they're going to ride it. They're going to sit very very chilly, so they're going to rely heavily on a on a good pace. And you know what Sandown's like. It's sometimes not the best from the back. Um, over the years, so so that 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 could be a drawback. Well, the thing is, Agus, he's going to have uh, a lenker in there as well. That will be going off fairly handy and kicking for home on the crown of the bend, and he'll probably have that Javai on a set for about half or fifth. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure he'll rustle up two or three three-year-olds as well. So. Yeah, the shagging shirt could be champion trainer next year. Could be. The shagging shirt is extraordinarily good, isn't he? I mean, he's. Uh, well, my winners. I was I was looking yesterday. I mean, he's done tremendously well the last few years. He's what's impressive this season when you when you consider the level he keeps. Um, he's won with. Um, he's the highest uh, rated trainer for winning per runners. So he's won with fifty six percent of ones he's ran. Yeah. Um, and that's higher than anyone in the UK today. So he. Uh, that's how impressive for me Haggis is and I still think he's slightly underrated by the market I do believe trainers like Gosden etc still overrated I think Haggis at the moment is 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 doing better with his tackle than what uh, John and Slim are doing with their tackle John yeah the shagging shirt. Right, we'll move on then. We'll talk about the uh, the opener, which certainly got tongues wagging, and we've had two questions on this that angered a few of our listeners. Uh, Carl Swanson says, when when do you think the media will start giving the Mardi-arsed Italian some stick instead of bowing down to him? Um, Holly Doyle in France, now a young kid yesterday. It's never Frankie's fault. Maybe it's just him giving them a shit ride. And Jack Punk Jack, JCC punter on Twitter, he followed it up by saying, thoughts on Frankie, poor rides, showboating, uh, blasting of apprentice jockeys. Not a good look, John. It's not a good look, but unfortunately, it's a look that the media has handed to for how long? 25 years? 
Yeah. You know, he's never been pulled for it. I mean, he's always been prone to mood swings. How was it? How was it? York that uh, Loxon carted him to the start, and then inexplicably was allowed to run in the non-top. And ran like she had a pole up her ass, obviously, because she carried the jockey to the start. Yeah. And uh, the affable Italian, when he came back and he dismounted the horse near the saddling boxes, a load of kids going over to him for autographs. He was actually waving his whip in front of his saddle to sort of keep a, the perimeter around himself, keep the kids back, and just shouting, get out of the way, get out of the way. And that kind of coloured my judgment of him for a long time. I, I just thought, well, you nasty little get, you know. But uh, you, you can sort of say he does take things to heart. He's, uh, he's he's an emotional man, you know. I mean, he's, you're never going to get measured pronouncements like you would from the likes of Piggott if you could get Piggott to talk to you anyway. <laughs> You know, so I mean, he, he he probably regrets today what he said. I would imagine, if, you know, when he's had a chance to think about it, because I, I didn't think anything that he said had any basis whatsoever in common sense yesterday. Just, I mean, <clears throat> the thing I'll defend. I mean, I don't, I don't, from what I know off the pitch, I don't like Frankie as a person. Uh, I'm not going to go into like tit for tat and anecdotal stories. It's just a waste of time. But what I'm what I'm saying is regards to yesterday. I'll, I'm going to slightly defend him, um, only because I believe he's a genuine winner. And what winners do, when, when winners have have a nightmare, um, they 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 can they can lash out and they can they can just basically, you know. Uh, whoever's closest to them, or whoever they think that's cost them a length or two in a race, or whoever's, you know, that's it. They're, they're, they're going to get the F and Jeff after. I mean, you can bet your life to Tory would have probably said something to McGonagall after winning post. You know, it's one of them. It's, it, it's, it's kind of. I think that's the winning attitude because he wants to win. He's desperate to win, and that's what's kept him right at the top of the game for years. So whilst it looks unsavoury, which I agree, um, you know that. That's certainly a, a, a mitigating defence uh, for Luigi, um, but I'm a, I'm not offering a defence for his ride on Stradivarius because um, you know you could see Gosden wasn't pleased with Mr. Dottori on two camps on Saturday, um, but I think in a way if you watch kept that in house though as well, Lee. Do you think that's a sign though that that John Gosden probably won't be using Frankie anymore? Hence, like Strab's retired, possibly Palace Pier not running again. How many times is he going to need to call on Frankie next year? I don't know. I, it seems a yard on bit of the decline at the moment. Um, you know, probably get probably get by with Rab Avlin when he, you know. I don't think any yards will decline that much in twelve months. Late was Rab Avlin. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rab, but yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> anyway, onto the the rider Stradivarius. Um, just I want your comments on it. Um, I just felt that, that it got a bit messy at the first bend. Uh, Hamish got badly hampered, um, as did um, something else. I forget. I forget uh, was it uh, 
I'm not sure if it was. Anyway, Ryan's got done for four days, didn't he, for his manoeuvre on the Mediterranean on the first bend. Yeah. He got he got a four-day ban for cutting across the field. It caused the concertina effect. And Dottore, who had a, originally a good position, because of everything sort of like falling on it, falling up each other's backs, Dottore ended up second last around that first bend from about, I think, about fifth. Um, and I think that that was pretty much key to the rest of the race because because they slowed it down the back, Trushan was pulling his nuts off. Um, for, for me, at that stage, his ghost was pretty much coped, I thought. Yeah. I was, I was getting quite hopeful about the H-way better than Hamish, to be honest, because I thought, well, that's Strad Arsold, really. And, uh, and then going down into Swindley Bottom, I thought Trushan went Kane again with Holly Doyle. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I'm in here. And then as they turned in, and Hamish was actually the only one hard on the bridle, I thought it was completely in. Um, Dettori tried to take McGonagall's ground for me on the entrance into the straight. Um, McGonagall just kept, kept to his racing line, I thought. And the line that Tari chose to come round him was where he ended up in the straight. I, I, I didn't say McGonagall do a lot wrong, to be honest. Only ran to his line. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in your camp. I didn't, I didn't see much wrong at all. Um, and in fact, you know for a fact if the boot was on the other foot, you know, as all jockeys do. Right, this this isn't friendly. In fact, I'll ch- if any, if ever you go racing, you're not bothered about betting. Stand at about the two pole, right, in a, in in a, in a hopefully a big field race, and and try and listen intently to, to, to the language that's being said between the jockeys. I'll, I'll tell you somewhere better to stand, Lee. Stand, stand about three and a half out at Chester when there's a sprint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think that's, I, I think, and we're coming on to this in a minute because we've got a good question from Pip Larkin, obviously, on the Brian Frost uh, stopper Dunn uh, debacle um, in terms of bullying from Mr. Dunn. But we'll get on to that in a bit. But that sort of links in nicely that, you know, jockey, it's a sport that's, listen, the, the, these are a win at all costs, some of them. Some of them have been betting, they've had a monkey each way on one, you know, and it's literally. Get out of my fucking way, you know. Get out <laughs> and, and stronger language than that, you know. It's it's it literally is. Uh, I've heard it myself, so it, it, it's fascinating. Um, so I just think, you know, like in the Tories' de- de- defence, uh, sorry, in um, the Tories' defence, the original point was that that you know this is racing. He wants to win. I mean, it's just. Well, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that. He is a Mardi ass, but that's what winners do. They get Mardi. They, they get the face on them. That's that. So that that's Frankie. But like you said, I didn't see much wrong um, in terms of Dylan. Uh, I thought Stradivarius's position uh, would have been a little bit better, but it wouldn't have beaten Trushan no matter what. Um, you could have put Stradivarius a bit closer. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, and that's, that's how I saw the race. Hamish didn't stay for me, John. Do you agree with that? Entirely. He was travelling like a dream. I think it was into short prices on Betfair. It wasn't odds on, but it was it was getting short. Um, and I thought Hamish has got to go close here with a trip it's had. Did get hampered on the first turn, 
but he, he sort of had a nice trip after that. He watched the race unfold in front of him, but just basically uh, didn't have the uh, stamina. Right, so, well done, Trusham. Uh, we move on to the champion stakes, the uh, sprint, the uh, group one of six furlongs and creative force for your very self, doing exactly what you thought it would on the tin. Um, Glenn Shield gave it a nice toe, I felt, into the race. It worked out perfectly for you, John. Um, basically, William Buick, lovely ride. Just thought, I'm going to let this give me a lead, um, which he did. The unlucky horse of the race, obviously, was Art Power, drawn on completely the wrong side. As we highlighted on the bar stewards, we said it's possibly best to be drawn low. Um, and I thought the cutaway explained that for the for the Balmoral later on. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't. I never realised there was a cut, a cutaway three furlong. And then so basically, it, all the stand side runners couldn't go up the rail all the way. So basically, it took them into the middle of the track, the soup, as we yeah. like to say. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, a very good selection from you, John. Thoughts on this? Um, I think when you're praising William Buick as well, when you look at the time figure that, um, according to the Racing Post, the winner was uh, probably the best time figure of the day, it got a 117 for the effort. I think there's quite a bit of praise to be given to Holly Doyle there because she got the absolute max out of Glenn Shirley yesterday, setting those fractions. Um, for it to run second after the season it's had, where quite a lot of that failed of beating it and beating it comprehensively. All right, its conditions were right yesterday, but to keep on for second, that horse is run a blinder. And she's done that by setting them fractions. Yeah, she made the horse's mind up for sure. First time blinds as well, I think, obviously helped Glenn Shield, who possibly was becoming a bit bored uh, of the game because I backed in the time before. And he ran on late after getting headed as if to say, oh, I'm a bit bored of this. Uh, so the blinds, I think, breathe, breathe new life. So it's a big performance. Didn't it fast enough the time before, are they? No, possibly not. Possibly not. Um, so, as I said, I think she spread that out terrific yesterday. And uh, he, he still ran through the line, you know, despite being headed. So I thought she did good. Oh, just going back to Long Distance Cup, um, another good call from you yesterday. Um, I would, you know, I noticed it after hundred yards, um, and you, you were right. What James Doyle settled Trusham much better than Holly did. Um, yeah. uh, in the st- and you you pointed that out. You said I, I don't think she can settle that horse, and and you know I'm certain if you owned it, you might be just having a quiet word with her and saying you know I hope you don't mind, but you know I think well we such a quiet word. I just ring her up and say well you're off. <laughs> <laughs> can just yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got to be brutal in this game. There's no point dressing it up. I mean, uh, it didn't matter so much yesterday because I mean, at the end of the day, Brian Josh is run second. Strad's been shit all season for me, anyway. He's never been anywhere near his best ratings. Yeah, Hamish didn't stay. He's got away with that yesterday. He probably won't get away with it in the Gold Cup. No, like you say. I mean, and it's something that's going to ring in my ears. I think for next year, um, with that. I'm always going to be making that case when people ask me, oh, what do you think to true Shan in this or true? And I'll say, if Ollie's in the saddle, I'll say, well, you know, I'd like her to get it to settle. Because like, She doesn't drop her hands when she settles. She doesn't get her hands down on the withers. Yeah. When, you, when you're watching her on a hard puller, her hands are always up, you're on a tit. 
<laughs> they are, you know, and, and that gets a bit right up in their mouths, and they, they try and get the the mouth over the bit, if you know what I mean. And it it it, it gets worse the more you stand up and try and lean into them. I know, yeah, I know exactly what you, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, you notice stuff that that I don't many a time, and and it's um, it's certainly interesting. Um, so that, so bear that in mind next season, folks, for Trujan. You know, John's not a fan of Holly on this horse. Um, so you know, just bear in mind when you you're asked to take that short price sometimes. I mean, I think I think she's a good rider. I think she's dedicated. She tries really hard. It gives every horse hundred percent. But she needs to work on that, and it'll catch her out in big races. I hope she listens to that, John. I mean, that's what I mean. You should, should, should get a line into her on that. I wonder if she'd listen to you. But I mean, that's the thing. They just, they just. How many winners have had it? Yeah, it's one of them. I know. I know. It's a shame because you, you, you're only being constructive, and that's that's the difference. You're not being critical. You're being constructive. Anyway, um, we go on to the uh, Phillies and Mares, uh, which was an absolute substandard event. And you know, take a bit of credit here. I, I did highlight the fact that. You know, um, Snowfall had a busy season, and would would I be bounding in odds on? No, it was a gin and pate race, so I, I didn't lay or anything. I'm not taking plaudits for that, but I hope it might have stopped one or two of you piling in on her, thinking you know she's a, she's a certainty on the form book. Um, when it was probably just a race, you, you know, you can find four to five shots that will win by six lengths. You don't you don't need to wait for a filly in October that's had a busy season that's run less than two or two weeks ago in the arc. So. There we go. Uh, John, thoughts on the rest? Well, I, th- I think we discussed several times late that Snowfall's actual form didn't really amount to a hill of beans. I mean, uh, a Musi Dara win where she beat Noon Star. I mean, Noon Star then goes and gets dicked in the Ribblesdale. The Oaks was probably the worst Oaks I can remember as regards horses either completely underperforming, failing to handle the track or the rotten ground. Island, she baked trees. She comes to York, she baked horses that either won't cut or end up crippled. Yeah, you're right. Second and fourth, Alba Flora and Wonderful tonight. That finished that horse's career. I mean, I, I mean, I, I had a, about one one five all season. Yeah, I, I think to a degree, we both sort of like, we couldn't... We, we couldn't have her for the art, could we? Oh, Jesus. No, I mean, we, I, I did actually ridicule the blogger when he was on before the Vermeil. Was it the Vermeil she ran in? Uh, he'd backed her out his post, hadn't he? Yeah. I, I just said something along my lines here. You want your bumps failing, you stupid bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's a good filly. She, she's all right, you know, but anyway. The stallion might be doing that. You know, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. Um, we go on to the uh, champion stakes. Um, uh, obviously, uh, to some, it'd be like a, a, a big shock that Sealyway uh, managed to win um, after. Um, the horse's effort in the arc, um, you know, which was a good effort, finishing fifth. Some people thought it was flattered in the arc, but Andy Richmond didn't, and he gave it a good mention um, as as his sort of three sort of 
horses that possibly were, you know. If he had the arc, I think it had the easiest time out of anything that ran in the arc and then came to Ascot um, because it travelled a treat into the race in the arc. He just didn't see it out. He would have won if it stayed 12. Yeah, and you, you weren't that happy with the uh, ride that old man Manning gave Max Whiney. <laughs> <laughs> were you? <laughs> It, it, it was just a bit funny yesterday because I, I was convinced Jim was going to have it right off at uh, Leopardstown with Boundless Ocean. Yeah. And I, I, I actually had the Ginger Hitler on the phone just before it ran. And uh, I said, I don't know what the hell Jim's playing at here. I said, he's got fucking man in there riding an absolute dog shit at Ascot. <laughs> and he's, he's put a bloody kid on in a listed race that can't claim. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I said he's in, he, he's insane. This man, he's crackers. <laughs> and then uh, Boundless Ocean gets stopped about six times up the straight. There's my feeling, all justified and self righteous. And bugger me, Max Sweeney. I mean, if he got to run, he'd probably a bloody won it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just to clarify, listeners, that John on his blog put up uh, Boundless Ocean because he saw that Jim had entered it in a Group Three. He ran it on Thursday got picked off by the Magic Carrots Harrington Yard in the closing stages after looking all the way a winner. And then Jim ran it two days later in the listed race um, at Leopardstown, where Boundless Ocean should have won by six wickets, um, but sadly ran up into every blind alley that, that you can find. Well, you, like, you can't knock that, because they're, they're in a form punter in the land that doesn't say that that wins that listed race with any with just a normal clear run. It's a guinea's ass next year. That's going to thunder up the rolling mail. I'm not saying it'll beat Native Trail or whatever, but I mean, that, that's going to run some racing. I, I, I just, I know I'm one of these pedigree snobs. I just can't have it because it's pedigree. I th- there's just not, it's just a weird, it's just now, there's just nothing there. Um, anyway. Jim Arse is in there though, aren't the toughest take and unlike buggery. Well, that's it. I, I mean, there's one thing we, we, we nasty Jim, you know, he, he, he gets some. I mean, look at poetic flair, you know. I mean, there's no not many trainers could produce a horse like to 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 basically start off in April <laughs> and 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 like you said, dance every dance all throughout the summer, uh, not miss a trick and. Credit to Jim there on that footing because obviously he creates some tough as teak, and this is probably no different. This will probably this is this is this this is a fighter, um, <laughs> military SAS. This one, um, yeah. Anyway, on to on to Mishriff and Adair then, John. What what uh, what went wrong there? Well, Adair really went too soon, but then the, they made the mistake that they always make with horses dropping back in trip, don't they? You know, I mean. He was on the pace, if not making it. He was on the pace. And then he, he kicked early to put him, put him all to bed till Fairlands out. And when you've been going half a stride faster than you want to be anyway, it it doesn't work. You empty your own house out before any bugger else. And if they'd run a pacemaker and they were going to drop that out, I'd, I'd been happy to back out of here. Yeah. Not seeing a great deal of pace in the race. He, this is great after the event, I know, but he ran pretty much how I expected him to run. I was disappointed with Mishriff. I thought Mishriff was awful. Um, I, I don't think the ground's such an excuse either. I mean, he was very impressive on top of the ground at Yard, but he, he handles that. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, did Egan panic and go after Adiato? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, um, what? what what, what would concern me in them situations is you've got David Egan up and Zitari start watching, you know, I think that's a bit daft really a good one. Yep. Um, right, so um, we move on to the final race on the card, which is the Balmoral, um, which Andy gave the winner. Um, my horse, Sabuska, no good. Um, was sort of uh, dropped out too far, I felt, by Murphy. He was already, he'd already won the title and he was already... I don't know. I thought it was a crap ride. Uh, for, it, was, but, it was great. It was about 66 to 1 shot. It ran like a 33 to 1 shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, he beat me. I mean, the thing is, he beat me. I mean, I mean, he, he, the thing for me was with Sabuska. I mean, he does need a held up ride, but not maybe not that held up. Um, never put in the race. So a bit, bit of a disappointment, I felt. Uh, Nugget backers, after our mention at Haydock, you'll be happy with the each way terms. And Andy with Aldari, like I said about Haggis's skills, um, you know, three-year-old, uh, rated 109. It's fairly bolted up. Um, you know, That's again... Virgin on Group 1, isn't it? That sort of performed. Well, you'd think next year this will be this will be an interesting runner in some what? good races. Happened, yeah. You, you, you'd think that's where it's going to reappear. I'd be surprised. I mean, obviously, you want some cut in the ground. It's by territories out of a out of a pivotal pivotal well, mare. You'll get it sitting over it that time of year because he'll have watered the shit out of it anyway. If it's <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that is a bearing in mind. You, you can't back that horse on fast. In fact, it's probably going to be a spring stroke uh, late autumn horse. That, that, they might have to look abroad because they're not... You can't run that on good to firm. Um, it's just not going to work. So it won't get anything good, would will you, if it's Sussex State? Yeah, yeah. They are right there. I mean, there's, there's only really the Queen Anne that'd be a bit of a worry. The ghost of Seamus that was well alive this this summer at Goodwood. I, I think you could ink in the Lockings and the Sussex Stakes now, and pencil mark for Ascot just in case it rains. Yeah, it's a shame when they're soft ground horses because they can never do things like the Breeders' Cup or, you know, they, they can never do do that that sort of. Right. Endless... You know, you, you know, our fast ground horses half a chance when they got the Breeders' Cup, didn't they? Because they went for parallel season. <laughs> it's true, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Right, we'll come on to the uh, questions now. Part of the show, very busy this week, so we'll do do our best to fit them all in and give the best answers. Uh, Pip Larkin is the first, and it ties into sort of the Frankie sort of, you know, abuse with the Dylan McMonigle um, sort of uh, criticising him. Um, she says, uh, after reading about the Frost uh, Dunn uh, affair, uh, would you would like your views on racing's dirty secret? Time for more professionalism, RE stewards, um, you know, or a new Wayne Room issue, for example, both success, both both sexes. Uh, competing equally. Um, I don't know if you saw the article in the Times today, John, but basically the trans someone's leaked the transcript. Do you, do you honestly, do you honestly think I'd read a Murdoch article behind a paywall? No, not really. Anyway, carrying on then. <laughs> right. I'll, anyway, I'll explain. So, so the bit you're right, but the 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 BHA has been the the you know the um, the transcripts, the the evidence that's given. It's been leaked to the paper. So who's leaked that is is, is absolutely is, pathetic from BHA. That. 
And I mean, what timing as well? Like, so it's on the front page of the Times when it's Champions Day. You know, I mean, and if I mean, I'm not trying to brush this under the carpet or anything. It's just that there's there's times and there's times to 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 get things out there. Um, I, I just want to know your view really on on this this whole affair. I mean, I've read some of the transcripts, and Dunn after the line says things like, um, "You fucking whore, you fucking slag." Um, you cut me up like cut me up like that again, and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> so that so that's what Stopper Dunn has said to uh, Bryony, you know, after the after the line. Bryony's got very upset. Rangadad. Um, I know the look. It, it was at Stratford. The local stewards were informed about you know Bryony's complaint, and um, and I, I didn't know what happened after that, but I just know it ended up in the papers. I think just after that. Now, there's two ways I look at this, right? As I said, I'm not I'm not defending bullies or anybody like that, and I'm not. But as I've said, I put things sometimes into context. If you hear race riding and you hear what they're saying to each other, two out, three out, you know, bloody, but in the heat of the moment, bearing in mind you're going 35 to 40 mile an hour sometimes on a racehorse, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm presuming Robert Dunn that day probably had a monkey each way on his and, you know, he's took it on himself that she's took his ground. She's stopped him from getting a run, which Stratford's quite tight. Um, and and obviously he said horrible things, which are not acceptable in any shape or form. I'm not defending them. What I'm trying to say is, again, like the Frankie thing, it's kind of a heat of the moment stuff. And... Without knowing the full transcripts, I'm not going to get too involved because there might be other things. He might have stalked her house after. I don't know. I don't know what he's done. But it's obviously a BHA inquiry still, and it's still ongoing, so I'm not going to say too much. But that's my take on it, John, that if you hear the language between all jockeys, and women the same, this is not just a man thing. You know, they, they, they give it. They give they give just as good as they get uh, in the run. Um, yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, this is the thing. I'm all for I'm all for defending like bullying and thing. I I don't think there's any place for any kind of or making people feel like they're not. I don't know, like like scared or whatever. There's not no no place for that. But also, part of me says, you, jockeys don't get scared. I mean, you've got to be a nutcase to do what they do anyway. Um, and it's and you've got to have that in you, um, that sort of competitive spirit. And I just think. I don't know. Some of it might get a bit blown up sometimes when it possibly doesn't need to. Maybe. Well, if it, for example, if you'd said that to somebody like Sally Eddie, he'd have had to sleep with one eye open because she'd have cut his fucking throat next time. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, to me, the stewards on the day at Stratford maybe let this fester a bit rather than stepping in and. Get them both in the room and saying, "Look, is this eight at the moment or what?" And if he was in the situation, or referring done for abusive behaviour, you know, something should have been done on the day to take the sting out of this. It sounds to me like it's vested and gone on, and uh, it, it's created an atmosphere. And uh, and Brian's got a bit upset about it. And, yeah, you know, and really, so I get I get where she's coming from. Yeah, um, and if it's allowed to go on, it becomes sustained bullying, doesn't it? You know and, exactly. But I mean, me and me and you in charge at BHA, John. 
what do we do? Right, straight away after that, the minute we get wind of it, which yeah, right, get in. Yeah, I'm yeah. Well, I think I think you have them both. I I, I do. Yeah. I, I think you get them both in. And it's like what you used to do at school, you know. You used to fall out in yard, you know, a bit, bit of, bit of fisticuffs, not talking, you know, fall out, but headmaster might have you in, whatever, um, you know. And basically, what's going off here? You know, let's let's sort this out, like like adults, like, and, and you're not leaving out at room until we sort this out. And then you get them to shake hands, move on. Things were said at the moment. Apologize. You you apologize. Yeah. Let's move on. We know because we know what race riding's like. This is problem. Again, you, you try and share it with a worldwide audience, like the Guardian readers and everybody else, and the and the the people that that have no interest in racing, but read the kind of words that Stopper Dunn's used, and immediately he becomes like a, a, a mass murderer, you know, because the words used are horrible in 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 what we call normal society. In fact, in any other job, if you use them kind of words, you know, you, you're on your bike. Yeah, that's it. You're out. Finish. If it's if it's proven, you're out. Um, now people say, well, why should that be any different for racing? Because it's like an adrenaline sport. You you, you basically you're there, and it's in the moment. It's not like a, a pen pushing job where you've just leant over, you know, your your desk separator and called someone a fucking slag. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not the same. It just doesn't apply. Um, so if, I, I, if you're in danger of having an accident, I mean, you 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 let fly with God knows what. Can, I mean, we've all done it in the car, haven't we? Yeah, we see this road rage. I if mean, so, what, if somebody carves you up, it's, yeah, yeah, fucking bastard. No. Exactly. As, I mean, everyone must have done this. If you haven't done it, you're lying. If you have never gone, you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you someone who never ever did it, and I can guarantee you never ever did it. And that is Sir Donald Campbell when uh, Bluebird crashed because if you listen to the tape of that and the nose of bluebird was going up in the air and he just said oh i'm going and that was the end of him bloody hell yeah dignity there well you know i mean that that, that's what the private school education can do for you you know i mean i'm no fan of private schools but that's off to the gentleman you know he was gonna get smashed a bit and he was oh no i'm going fair enough great question pip um, let us know what you think via, via Twitter, anything. Just you know, we'll we'll, we'll get you on the airwaves. Um, you know, if you've got a good opinion on it that sort of differs from 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 myself and John's, um, we move on. Dan Watson asks, nice question. This: Do either of you have an affiliation with the horse that you make that makes you back it against a better judgment? He says basically he asked this because he's got an affinity with Dragon Symbol. Um, you know, after some good days, the horse has given him. And he wondered ever if um, Lee or John, you do the same with a certain horse that you just never seem to leave it unbacked because of either simply, you know, uh, I don't know, any reason, sentimental, anything. Or are we professional and we just say no? Yes, <laughs> we're not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, is there any horses, John, you can remember that, that, that play on your heart strings in terms of like having a, having a, having a bet on one? Well, absolutely. I mean, a, a glaring example, I think we both were a bit guilty with this one, was Santa Paddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the amount of times where we thought everything looks right, here we go, this is it, this one, this time, this, you know, and there'd either be no pace on there, he'd get fast wide. There was always an excuse, that was the problem. And uh, we were always going in again next time because... There was a legitimate excuse, and it, it just seemed to be a self-perpetuating myth that 
got worse and worse, you know. Um, I mean, uh, the listener who followed Dragon Simple, I mean, in, to a certain extent, he's had, he's had some good days out the house, and he's probably doing the right thing. That's something I am guilty of. If I get a really good payday out of one, for some inexplicable reason, I'm always a little bit reluctant to go in again. What next time the run or whatever? I, I think it's like uh, there was an old friend of mine. He, he, he always used to say, "If you don't go to the wedding, don't go to the funeral." So, like, if you've missed one and it's won, don't back it next time or whatever. And I always t- sort of took the view, well, I banked the wedding, so I took the funeral. And I think that's where, where there's probably been a weak spot in my betting for years that where I, I haven't gone with horses that have had a bit of momentum to them because I've had a good deal out of them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you said, John, the, this wedding and funeral thing. It's like if, yeah. if, you, if you back an horse that's a four to one, Wins nice. Um, you've got this. You go up seven pounds in weights. Then you've got to take eleven or eight. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. It, all, all of, even if this race is very winnable again, you're just thinking. Well, you're trying to get out of your head that you've just backed it at four to one off a seven pound lower mark in the same company. So yeah. why am I, Why do I want to take eleven or eight off an higher weight? It's that kind of mentality, isn't it? Ah, oh, totally, totally. I suffer from that. Anyway, we move on. Big Sanjay. We love Big Sanjay. Um, he's come on and said, um, great, it's a Twitter handle, that. Um, just like that, Big Sanjay. Um, Where are you from, little Sanjay? Or is he not knocking about anymore? I don't know. Not knocking about, I don't think. Um, just Big Sanjay's at him, I think. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> and become very big Sanjay um, <laughs> he, he says best best value underrated sire and any trends you follow e.g. certain sires progeny on certain ground surface and track well Sanjay you can read plenty about this on various websites so I'm going to give you something that I don't think many people look for um, and what I tend to do at end of the year to tra- I look, especially freshman sires and, and sires like that I look at the quality of mares that's been sent to that sire. And then secondly, I have, I look at all the trainers that, 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 that they've sent these, obviously, horses by to. For example, you could have a sire that ends up being 7% after year one. But then when you've got Alan Berry training some of them and, and a, you know, and a, a few other idiots, it, it, it kind of think, well, no wonder it's on 7%. So you can kind of get value that way rather than just saying, well, that's a that's a shit sire. Because if you're sending crap mares to them or you, you're sending them to crap trainers and they're not making much on median, I don't think it really explains very much. So I always think there's a little bit of value. Every, and end of every flat season, go through sires that you've sort of like been following, especially freshman sires, you know, the two-year-olds. Have a look in more depth to see... Well, is there any rhyme or reason why this one's 16%? Is there any rhyme or reason why this is 5%? And you might find a valid reason and get some value, especially if, you, I don't know, if, you, if, you, if you're into your breeding or you, you're basically syndicating also buying two-year-olds or yearlings, you might get value out of a sire if it's been trained by bad trainers, um, and et cetera, et cetera. It's something I've always looked at because it's something that people don't quantify. They just go on the ground, trip, you know, without doing any extra legwork. And I always think the trainer angle um, is quite a big one because, as you know, they're all trained by uh, uh, Willie Agus and they're all trained by 
good good new market trainers well they're going to get the best care and the best you know but if you if they go to the lesser known ones then obviously the percentage is going to drop so i always like to check that out so that's something for you john anything on sires from you um nothing that's not really in the public domain to be honest um i don't have any particular affinity with any sires i wouldn't have said um i just I, I tend to like sayers that stamp the stock, throw a nice stock. Um, and again, it's, it's a personal point of view. Horses that appeal to my eye, really. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I tend not to like, say, your Kodiaks and Ifragis because they tend not to appeal to my eye. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. Like you said, there are certain, I mean, you'll hear certain trainers say, oh, don't send me any more of them. You know, you know, or, yeah. or certain types of side because they're absolute bastards, or or they just they just don't train on, or the various lots of reasons why trainers don't like certain certain offspring. But um, if what, was wanting... team, what was that Chevy Park thing that Mel had a few by uh, a few years ago? Throw absolute bastards, it was. Can't <laughs> <laughs> um, think of its name. Um, Intello. No. Uh, I mean. I think it was a Gosden Um I think we shot it. Uh. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's the thing. So, anyway, I mean, Sanders, you'll, you'll find out, like, I mean, territory, soft ground, brazen ball, weather, lethal force, all weather. I always look for things like that when they've been on the turf and then they switch to the all weather. Um, there's lots of things. Maymas is a, is a freshman side that wants fast ground. You know, all, all things like this, um, you can find out from sort of just looking on Racing Pro's website, really. But but check out the trainers, end of the season. Give yourself a day off and look through the trainers of sires and, and you know, and just see, well, this sire's had a raw deal because it's had it's had bad trainers training a lot at Progeny. That's 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 where you need to that'll separate you from from the rest. Be the best around like Gillette. Um <laughs> anyway, John Martin comes on, he says UK flat form shit. UK national hunt form shit. Um, it's all shit here. Top flat, jo- top flat jockeys are Irish, Italian, and Norwegian. Uh, national hunt champ is a premature ejaculator. <laughs> is there any comeback for UK racing, or is it destined to be overhyped shite? Says John Martin. I think he's got a point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. We're not doing very well, are we, really? No. I mean, uh, you, you, you take away the Arab spending power at the sales and we, we let the kids out, sat outside the sweet shop looking in and tell Bobby now pockets, aren't we? You know, I mean, we ain't got a lot going for us, really. I mean, the top jockey situation, as you say, I mean, uh, we're, not, we're not exactly shitting them out, are we? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I blame it on you know, like we're becoming more obese as a nation. We're probably a lot more obese than the Irish, I would say. Well, we've still, we've still got people coming through, but I mean, the trouble is where the Irish are learning the trade in pony racing and all this other like pikey stuff that's going on, you know, you, you know, and learning to ride properly. Where you're sending ours to Richard fucking Perham? Yeah. Oh, no, the jockey coaches, yeah, yeah, Richard Perham, Dave Cross. I forgot gems. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute gems that are teaching our lads. Yeah. yeah, like you say, all the best apprentices seem to be Irish. All you know, they all seem to come through the Irish 
racing, you know, like whether it's Irish pony but, racing. Because they have to be able to ride. I mean, yeah. how well that, you know, I mean, you sure, sure half a bit of savvy on a mechanical horse. I'm not saying you're talking Richard Annan. You know, I mean, how are you? Let's try, try and get rain a bit and give them a decent grounding. You know, send them to fucking island. You know, I mean, if I had a kid that wanted to be a jockey, I'd, I'd be looking for openings in Ireland and send them over there to learn the trade properly and school of hard knocks and all that. But they'll, they'll learn now to hear it. Bloody damn caster, would they? No, they'll learn plenty at Jim uh, Bulges. They'll, they'll, uh... Well, they won't be coming back smoking, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, Steve's been on. He said, he said, why are owners and jockeys why are they oblivious to any obvious biases this season? See Catterick yesterday. He says, um, because <laughs> what, 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 why do you think that is? Was <laughs> a fucking idiot. <laughs> I teed you up nicely. Um, yeah, I know it. I mean, it, 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 it has just gone on too long for this even to be a sick joke now, hasn't it? You know, that they must just exist in bubbles when they go racing, even, you know, these trainers and whatever. You know, I mean, it's all right. I mean, we all blame the jockeys, you know. I mean, they all come, come up the middle at Red Kirk nearly single foul, you know, and then. Twitter explodes afterwards. Oh, they're all sick, they're all sick. But they've all been legged up by some fucker that's probably watched every race all afternoon. What, yeah. what, what they're talking about in the parade ring? Who's got the biggest cock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steve, you, you know the answer to that. It's just, we've got no answer. They're just idiots. I mean, Sim Cockle will hold them up. Next season, that's just that's how it is. That Trainers one you ran last night, get that in your trackers. What was that one? Yeah, he, ran, he ran one about half seven, eight o'clock last night at Wolverhampton. Right, was, right. So get a look at that. <laughs> it's a Jimmy Lindley from John. It's not as well well signposted as Six Zerker, but he says get that one in your trackers. Half seven or eight o'clock. Wolverhampton, Simcock runner. Um, obviously not off. I'm after one. Had to be seen to be believed. I mean. In second last position, there was a Michael Stout horse that run as though its guts were rotten and its back end was crippled. And the Simcock jockey in question, Callum Shepherd, I think it was, took him behind that. Yeah. And that couldn't go a step. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Right. Can't second. wait to wa- can't wait to watch that after the recording. Um, uh, Martin. Um, Martin J J Coyle or I think it's Coyle and I've, it might be Martin J Coyle or Coyle. I apologise if I've if I've not cut uh, placed that right. Um, but and he said he he was in his local William Hill shop the other day, witnessed a guy putting uh, about thirty thirty five um, mm-hmm. twenty pound notes, lost the lot, kicked and punched the slot machine, um, and ripped the door off its hinges on the way out. He says that's the problem with betting slots. Well, well, Martin. Uh, listen to my next pod, which will be on Tuesday. I'm interviewing former Welling United coach uh, Dean Frost, who is who is a problem gambler, and we're going to get to hear his side of the coin. Um, it's just me and him, and a chew the fat about problem gambling. I think you might want to want to tune in for that. That will be uh, on air on uh, Tuesday evening, so check out for that. Uh, and you'll there'll be a lot explained about 
problem gambling and what where where the problems with the industry is. Um, right, okay, we move on. And Shane just mentioned about Betfair's outage yesterday. Richmond was belly aching about that all day yesterday. That was, he was he was moaning about Chepster. Now he's moaning about about Betfair yesterday, which was which was a disgrace. Um, and um, uh, Shane said that it cost him some money because basically Betfair cancelled his trade bets back after the site went down. And that's what they are, traders. And I do feel sorry for traders. If it costs them money, and it's basically visibly obvious it's costing them money, it's not fair. They should they should get recompense for that. Um, and, I, 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 yeah, so, Shane, feel your pain there. Nothing will be done as usual, and you'll you'll get ripped off. But that's bet fair for you. Um, Andrew Woodman's been on. Councillor Woodman. Um, and he says, given how beaming and happy the Queen looked yesterday... Uh, are, you, <laughs> are you worried that when the time comes, Prince Charles may not have the same level of enthusiasm? What do you think, John, for the sport? Fuck's sake. <laughs> what do you think to greedy Betty getting in the honours list? Oh, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, she should have been about 15 years behind Magna as regards going in. Yeah. Um... To say, oh, she's a great supporter of the sport. Well, we don't support the sport to a great level. If uh, we had billions to play with that we'd never even turned air to to earn, couldn't we? I mean, the grading operation's a standing joke. But the chuck out now, but grade A bastards. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You know, the the one decent mare that they had, can't have and flogged. Um, God almighty um, Prince Charles will probably step up um, Because it will raise his profile And I think he likes having a high profile uh, I think he'll uh, He'll carry on with the Royal Stud at Sandringham He'll keep the same sort of sycophantic Dribblers around him That she's had around her Telling him what a good judge he is And how he knows everything about every petty ray And all he knows is how to break Bastards, like, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's just that self-perpetuating myth, isn't it? You know, that it's, it's a wonderful institution in racing, and it, uh, I've been going racing now, what, the end of 50 years, I've never yet bumped into anyone on a race car, so he's there because the Queen's got a runner. No. No, not you mean. It's um, the Queen in the Hall of Fame, so the Jelly Bean. Um, the producer's happy at that. She loves the Queen, John. <laughs> it's silent radio silence there. That's Nothing. John, John's, John. I mean, I, I said to John the other day about the hat and it, and its car. And John, John's always made a point that, that he can't believe it. He stands there in disbelief when he's watching the opening of Parliament and things like that in the past. The opening of Parliament, and you've got <laughs> a ninety-three-year-old billionaire sat on a gold chair <laughs> wearing a million-pound hat that's arrived in its own fucking car. <laughs> Telling people they have to tighten the belt. <laughs> Income tax is going up. <laughs> oh, oh dear, I've got a chest infection. It's showing. Um, oh dear, funny. You're a funny man. Um, 
Yeah, indeed. Uh, right. So we come on to the final question of the show. Owen Johnson says, not be, not maybe related to Champions Day itself, but instead of doing the Trainers' Championship on prize money, uh, could the Quip Coast Series effectively be the Trainers' Championship? So the big racers get more promotion uh, on the equine and trainer front as it's hard to follow doing it just on, on prize money throughout a season. I don't know if, if you're in agreement with that. I certainly think maybe more should be made of... of of certain, uh, certainly a top series instead of racing league and things and following shit like that, you know, for, for a bit. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, what, what's your view on that, John? Any view at all? I'm probably okay with the trainers' championship being decided on prize money. Um, because if it wasn't, the kilt would probably have about 15 titles under his belt by now, and I'd be as sick as a pig over that. <laughs> um, I'd t- to be perfectly honest with you, I'd do not give a flying shit about trainers or jockeys championships. Um, I don't think either of them had anything to the sport, but I can, I can appreciate some people like to cheer on their favourite jockeys throughout the season. Yeah, fair comment. Right, that's about all for me and John. I hope you had some fun. I've had some fun today. John makes me laugh, as always. And um, I'm back on Tuesday, like I said, with that interview with Dean Frost. Uh, on problem gambling, which I think you'll find very informative. The other side of the coin, we don't like echo chambers on the bastards. We like somebody that's with a with a different opinion, um, and that should be should be good listening. And we're also back on Thursday this week. Set, set your watchers, not Friday. We're doing the two day meeting at Cheltenham and and the Virtual Futurity at Doncaster. Um, it, it's it's a obviously a big weekend's racing. And Catherine, get dry out well, that's, you know we're getting fry out the cellar, and you know it's, it's a long time in there. And uh, that's why we were letting her letting her out the two days at Cheltenham because she's chomping at the bit, hoping for some rain to give you some national hunt prospects for the season as well, hopefully. Um, so that's something for you, for you to look forward to. So that's all from me and John on the Sabbath. Uh, I hope the rest of the weekend's good for you and um, stay safe until we next speak. Bye for now. <laughs>